So I'm here with my friend Mark Melnichuk, uh, who is a reporter at Leader Post and uh, most importantly just a huge nerd that likes writing about nerdy stuff and anything that kind of comes up. So welcome to my podcast here, Mark. Thank you, thank you, Shay. I think this is only the second podcast I've ever been on. That's surprising because um, I, I know this is one thing I want to touch on, uh, kind of what we talked about before about you guys doing a lot more online stuff. But you, you just seem like the kind of person that um, I could bring on and talk about so many subjects. Yeah, I mean, I definitely do. We do we do podcasts at work, and I I listen to tons of podcasts. Like, oh, I I probably listen to like maybe four or five weekly ones every week. But like. Uh, but I'm not on them a lot. I'm I'm behind the scenes all the time. Well, I uh, I definitely put your name forward for a couple. Um, just talking to someone who would be comfortable speaking to. Like you write about a lot of stuff. Um, actually, well, that, that's a good question. What would you say that uh, your your specialty is for for subjects you either get picked up on or you pick yourself? Uh, like I'd say I lean like obviously if anything to do with geek culture or gaming comes up I'll do that like if it's writing about like say people who like Matt Fiorante or Royal 2 who's into Halo esports like I'll always write about him uh, uh, you know when Fan Expo was, was in Regina it's not here anymore but I would cover that every year that was a lot of fun to do uh, if it's people you know if it's something if, it, if it's Twitch streamers that happen to be from Saskatchewan or YouTubers, that type of thing. And then I also like reporting about the technology business. I haven't done it for a little bit because I'm doing management right now at the Leader Post filling in for a paternity leave. But, you know, Saskatchewan's got a pretty interesting burgeoning tech sector, and that, that's really interesting to write about. And then what else? I, I like writing about police accountability. Like, I got the <laughs> opportunity to... This is that's totally different from geek culture, but but like I had the opportunity to sit in on a uh, police dis disciplinary hearing that that happened that the government ran back in January. That was already ago. So yeah, I like writing to do with policing issues too sometimes. So that that mostly covers and and some business stories like writing about local business. I I think is pretty interesting. So, so all, I think all, all the nerdy geek stuff is that like by process of elimination. Like we'll give the nerd on staff that stuff because a, you'll uh, know about it and they don't care <laughs> yeah i don't really have a lot of competition at the lp for writing about that stuff like there's certain subjects i find where a lot of journalists will might really want to cover it but like there isn't there isn't really anyone else on staff who like you know especially if it comes to writing about our local halo esports guy like <laughs> i mean i play all the halo games and i watch him play you know so like I'm totally willing to do that, you know, like, so there's just nobody who really probably would have an interest in, like, don't get me wrong. I think one thing that journalists have to be good at is jumping into subjects you're not familiar with. Like, you know what I mean? Like there's been times where they've tapped me on the shoulder, be like, you know, the, the premier's holding a press conference about, you know, carbon taxes. And I'll be like, all right, you're up. Like I've got to reacquaint myself with the carbon tax a little bit more. So like, that's kind of a thing in journalism. Like everybody has their own interest that they're drawn to and that they have, you know, and obviously if you have an interest in it, you're going to be keen to learn about it. You'll probably be a good person to choose for writing about that. But you also have, to, I think any, any journalist has to be versatile with being able to cover potentially anything. You never know what you might like. There's been times when I've had to go to court. There's been a couple trials I've covered uh, a couple. And those were two trials also involving police officers who were charged with assault. 
And the first couple times I got roped into going to court, like I was pretty stressed out because I wasn't familiar with it. And court can be an intimidating experience if you don't, if you're not used to going to it. Um, that's why we do have beats. Like we have a court reporter, so that person is knows court like the back of their hand, you know. And they'd know them. But yeah, but like you know, you never know. There's times when the court reporter. There's, there's been trials I've had to go. There was a couple of those trials I had to go to where the court reporter was busy with another trial that was happening. So I went to those ones. So occasionally you have to jump into stuff you might not be, you know, as comfortable with. But, but oh, another one that I like covering are death inquests. I find those really interesting. There's been death inquests that I've covered for people who have passed away at the at correctional centers or jails in the province. Uh, anytime someone dies in custody in jail, there has to be a death inquest where they call them a coroner's inquest, where they basically hold them to figure out the circumstances of someone's death. It's not meant to assign blame. It's not like a criminal trial. It's just figuring out what happened and trying to prevent something like that from happening in the future. So I find those really interesting to cover. Yeah, the, the weirdest things that you find yourself um, becoming an expert in, hey? Um, I, I wanted to, to touch on one thing is that uh, I, I really appreciate it. I'm a big gamer and it's, you know, the culture that, um, I, I have most of my hobbies in, but the, the one thing I liked about uh, any of the stuff that you've written about the industry or esports or whatever, you, you actually know, um, when you are, you know, reading someone else who or is just like, you know, probably just to sign that they don't care. They don't know anything about it. Um, a, a lot of times it like doesn't boil my blood. It just irks me a little bit. <laughs> it's like, you guys are getting it so wrong. Yeah, no, that happens. I think that's becoming less of a problem in mainstream media because there's so many people like me who grew up with video games that are working those jobs now. And media's always, well, there's people of all ages, but there's a lot of young people in media these days working. And I think you get more and more people now who grew up playing video games that are just not that ignorant of that world. Like, even if they're not, like, a huge hardcore gamer, they're probably familiar with games, you know, like... So I think that's, but I know I, I, I've grown, I grew up reading the same headlines you did over the time. And I remember this was this one time there was a news network on TV talking about the latest Call of Duty and they started running footage of Halo. And I was just like, how dare you, you know, in the newsroom. And, and that's, that's um, your like super villain origin of how you became a, a reporter, right? That happened at work. <laughs> I, that was when like Halo 5 came out or something. Oh, geez. I think. And I was just oh, like, really? oh no. But I think it's getting better. Like you have a lot of news outlets now, like Washington Post, or who else has done it? Bloomberg. Like Bloomberg hired Jason Schreier, right? Mm -hmm. Who really understands video games. Yeah. You know, he came from the games press and now works at a mainstream business outlet. You know, so I think it's I think mainstream outlets are starting to realize, hey, this is a big business. We need to have coverage of this if we want to have any chance of attracting readers who are younger than fifty. We should understand video <laughs> games. So. I think the mainstream press has actually gotten better at covering video games than they used to. Well, because you and I grew up with uh, EGM and Nintendo Power, and then, you know, the closest thing to having, like, game coverage before YouTube was really a big thing was G4, you know, Tech, tech TV. Oh, I remember G4. I, yeah. I guess, you know, even before that, um, not really counting, but Video and Arcade Top 10, <laughs> that was the closest thing we had to watching video games or... I don't remember that one, but I was really big into Electric Playground with Tommy oh, yeah. Tellerico and Victor Lucas. Like, yeah. I remember I actually got to meet, I, weird story, I went to high school with tell, Tommy Tellerico's cousin. Okay. <laughs> um, and Because and, and, he actually has Canadian connections. Um, he has family in Ontario. But uh, I remember finally, I, I, through doing a little bit of video game journalism that I did, like, on the side, like, getting to meet 
Tommy Tallarico and Victor Lucas, and I probably freaked them out with how excited I was to be, to meet them. But uh, I remember watching, but yeah, like, you know, there wasn't that much, you know, you kind of had like a few different sites you could go to, you had magazines you could read, but obviously that's a lot different now. There's a lot more choices for where you can go to get video game information. Yeah, um, I, uh, I think that um, YouTube has really exploded in allowing people to see what video games are, are like and how they're played um, same with twitch you know a lot a lot of people will um they'll, they'll make their choices on what to buy based on like their own personal bias or um what they like in a video game regardless but like watching someone play a game you kind of make your opinion based on that rather than go watch a review or read a review I think it helped. I find where Twitch helps a lot is there's a lot of games these days. There's a lot of games. Where, there's certain games like certain genres where, like I know I'll like it, so I'll buy it. Like if it's if it's a shooter or if it's like, or 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 if it's the type of games that developer makes, right? Like you know, like if it's Remedy and it's Control, like oh, I'll, as long if I read a review, I'll go to like games are expensive, right? Like I'll still go to. I still actually go to reviews to be like, all right, is this worth my money or? was was it a flop you know like uh but if it's a genre i'm not sure about it helps to be able to just watch someone play it uninterrupted like i just need to see someone play the thing so i can understand like what it is you know but but one way it's gotten i find that's helped me play genres i'm not sure about has been game pass like it's like kind of the return of being able to rent games again like i played i tried out like the medium on game pass didn't end up being for me but I was curious about it and I got to try it for like, you know, the 12 bucks a month or whatever it is to pay for Game Pass, right? Yeah. Like, for, so for I anyone who doesn't know, it's a, it's like a Netflix for games exclusively on Microsoft. So the Xbox and uh, the PC. Yeah, like that's been fantastic for that. There's been so many games where, and, and there's been tons of games I've tried on Game Pass and been like, <laughs> yeah, that's not for me. I'm deleting it. But hey, like I didn't have to pay full price to figure out if I liked it or not. I guess that's the closest thing to rentals um, since Blockbuster and Rogers shut down, right? Yeah, that's something we really lost. Like, we used to have days, and people don't put out demos as much as they used to be anymore. That doesn't really seem to be a thing Demos anymore. cost so much to make and manufacture um, because Probably, you're, you're basically yeah, but... programming in a whole new um, start-to-finish like game. You're, you're designing a yeah. whole experience and, and packaging it into one. Yeah, like I used to rent games from Blockbuster all the time. That was what I did. Like I remember renting a game like Full Spectrum Warrior, if anyone mm -hmm. remembers that one on the original Xbox, thinking like this will be cool, and then playing it for ten minutes and being like, I do not like this. But, but hey, like, at least you paid ten bucks for it, right? Yeah, that was a great service, and we've we've lost that a lot now. Like when when a new game comes out, for the most time these days, it's like you can read reviews and you can use Twitch, but like at the end of the day, you've got to make that that jump right like and you've just got to or you or you just wait till it goes on sale yeah right? like, you know. I, I think uh the twitch and youtube thing is a good segue into what i wanted to talk to you about um so with uh covid that's happened we're in 2021 now you, you guys um reporting have had such a like huge shift as a lot of people have in how you operate and how you uh communicate to the general public um and one thing you're talking about is how you're getting people to do more meetings and video work um, can you like, you know, talk about the trials and, uh, issues that you're running into with that? Um, I think we've adapted pretty well. Like we have lots of teams calls now. Um, everybody, we used to have a few people on Slack in the newsroom. Now everybody's on Slack. Uh, and, uh, 
we used to have a podcast like the Rider Rumbling Sports Podcast we used to do in a studio with podcast equipment and now we record it remotely. Uh, and then that's the other thing we do with our politics podcast too, inside the Marvel Palace. So, you know, we've had to adapt to that. We still go out and take photos of people and go to breaking news, but like you really, what you really don't have anymore is the idea of the, the press conference. They're all virtual press conferences now, right? Like nobody can say like, Hey, let's get 30 people together in a room, you know, like, and, and the chief of police will give a press conference. Like we just can't do that right now. So that that's been a big adjustment. And I think, Something I think it was Wayne Manteca with CTV did a story on is that something that's unfortunate that's happened is government is making people of, I, I, I believe this is what he reported, but it's getting harder to access people in government because it's not like you go down to the ledge and it's after session or someone, you can just have someone come on down and, and talk to them, right? Like it's getting a little harder to interview government people. And a lot of times the government will be like, we're just gonna give you a written statement. Like you can't actually mm. talk to the person or something like that. So that's kind of challenging. Like I, I, I don't, same thing has been, another real big problem has been reporting on court. Our court reporter hasn't been able to, has to phone in to court right now. Um, and they're all there and they haven't been like the court system is so backed up right now. They're, they're just doing, they're not doing any jury trials right now. So I, you know, I, I'm totally a firm believer in courts being open and available to the public so that reporters can observe the justice system take place, you know, and then report that to the people. And that's, that, that's been challenging, I'd say for, for our reporters right now. So, you know, there's been challenges, but I think like we've still been able to report the news every day. So we've, we've been able to adapt to it. Yeah. Well, I, I think it's easy to adapt with the tools that we have now. You know, you were talking about Teams and Slack, um, a lot of stuff that we have been using for a little while. You know, go back to NSN. Um, we're used to instant messaging and uh, we, we understand like the value of it. Um, but uh, it's it's interesting to hear about all the issues. And, you know, it, it, so getting a hold of people and chatting with them, you almost have to like do an elevator pitch to, to get a hold of someone in the courtroom. And now you can't do that anymore. Yeah, like, well, I know, I think our court reporter is able to appear by phone, but it's not as good as being there in person. And I get, like, I'm totally understanding of COVID protocols and stuff like that. Like, um, but uh, it, it, it is difficult. It's it's not too hard to get a hold of, like, I, I don't know, like, it's been a little while since I was doing interviewing because I've been covering, because I've been doing management for a bit. But, like, it's, I wouldn't say it's any harder to get a hold of people just regular people than it used than it used to be um but uh i i think it, it like i said it's just been a challenge like i miss the idea of having press conferences where everybody can go in there and everybody's allowed to ask their questions in person it's definitely a lot easier to be evasive with reporters if it's not in person mm -hmm. it's real easy for if say an mla or somebody doesn't want to talk to you about a story that maybe doesn't make them look good or make government look good they just don't have to answer the phone it's harder to ignore someone when they're standing in front of you with a microphone and 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 not have, and not answer their questions right so i feel like that in person reporting and drilling of politicians and everything like i feel like something's lost when we're not able to do that as much as we can well and you have to adjust your approach too um one thing i talk about with a lot of like especially kids who are looking to get into uh, any kind of workflow or work workplace rather is um you know like what, what's the first thing well get your communication down understand how to write an email how to call someone how to talk face to face how to shake hands um and uh, each one of those things is a very different thing that you have to do and approach 
Um, you can't write an email the same way you meet someone on the street and you can't obviously ask the questions in the same way when you, you know, said had a microphone in front of them versus uh, writing out some email and getting a milk toast, just general response. Yeah. I don't envy, I don't envy people getting into the workforce. Like I had to train someone who filled in for like my spot and I had to do all like, you know, normally the training would have been us sitting down at a desk together and me being like, okay, here's how you do this. Here's how you do this. I had to do everything remotely, like screen sharing, you know, and it, it could be a little frustrating sometimes because there's times where it's like, man, if only I could just walk over to your computer, if they're like, this isn't working or something like that, I'd just be like, no, here's how you do it. But like, you got to do it. Like I find what I keep doing too, when I'm telling someone how to do something, I point at my screen, even though they can't <laughs> see it. And I'm like, why am I doing that? Well, I can't see it anyway. If you look at getting this call started too, um, we ran into an issue where um, I sent the wrong invite out. You were logged into a different account. I recognized that immediately and I knew how to rectify that and change it and fix it. <laughs> Could you imagine the, the 20, 30 minute uh, approach of just going back and forth? Well, I think I'm signed into this account and well, I don't know my password. And <laughs> I, I, I will say like, I, and I, we've already kind of heard this and I, this is like being talked about a lot in, in the working world. And I think it's going to be true for us too. I think like it used to be, they wouldn't really ever let you work from home. Like you could request it if you wanted to stay at home for a day and work on a feature that you had to get done. But everybody was always pretty much in the office other than like the sports guys who have to be at the game, you know, to report on it or, but like, I think they're going to be more accommodating to people now because you can totally like what we've, what some, what's been proven in so many jobs is you can do the work from home. Like it may not be quite as fast in some cases it maybe is just as fast, but like, yeah, I think a lot of more businesses will be accommodating to people if they're saying, hey, this week, like, I've got my kid at home. Can I just work from home this week? Mm -hmm. Well, we've been doing it for a year. What's, like, one more week, right? Well, they had the infrastructure uh, prepared and done already. Because um, yeah. I know that was the that was the biggest issue is, like, oh, we don't want to put in the time or energy or resources to um, to get all of this set up in a proper way where you can work from home. And now they've had no choice but to allow those accommodations. Yeah, yeah, no, really, yeah. Like, and and I think it's proven some employers, like not mine. I'm not speaking for my, my myself. Mine's been pretty good with working from home. Like, they're not even in a rush to get us back to work. They're like, we'll get you to back to work when it's safe. Mm -hmm. That's the main thing when it's yeah. safe, you know. Uh, and uh, but I think this has proven like some employers have said, well, it wouldn't work, you know, where people work from home. And this is totally proven that it has mm -hmm. like in in some situations, I'm sure it's not as efficient. And there are things that, that suck that like, I mean, I do miss being in an office with people and having that camaraderie. You know, one thing we do to kind of kind of keep morale up is we have like coffee breaks at like 1030 a.m. every other day where it's just like 20 minutes where people can just just shoot the shit for like a little bit right and, and is that, is that where you like go banter. into a go into like a common room uh like you guys said just go there's just a team that. there's a team's chat for it like you know where people just go in and be like what have you been watching on netflix you know or something <laughs> like that you know the same kind of stuff we would talk about like over each other's desks at work which is i think a nice thing to have because we felt we found that all anybody was talking about was business all the time where is when you're in an office they're always gonna there's always gonna be that water cooler talk yeah. of like did you watch the mandalorian this week or something that's, like that you know? that's actually really cool are there a lot of places doing that that you know of or i don't know like someone just posited that idea like we've been doing it for a while like a few months into working from home someone posited the idea about having virtual coffee breaks and we've been doing it quite a while quite a quite a lot 
well, you need that uh, social engagement just to get you kickstarted. Um, I know that um, when I started working for myself, working from home, uh, I run a small shop. So um, anyone who I have working for me is remote. Um, we don't have an office. And I, like quite often, a lot of times, like I'll leave to go work somewhere else. I, I used to in the before times. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I'd leave to go work at a coffee shop or um, at Rebellion or, you know, have some lunch meetings and face to face. And th that kind of recharged that aspect. Mm hmm. And yeah, I think one of oh, go on, yeah. No, 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 yeah. We just we just don't have that anymore. Um, and uh, I guess in a work, in a big workplace like you have there, where you have that those coffee breaks, that's that sounds awesome. I think part of the challenge that companies have had is trying to maintain culture, right? Like it's easy to have an office culture. What do you do when that culture has to all be online, right? Uh, so I think that's something we've tried. Like, I, I think we've maintained it. Like, it doesn't feel like I, it still feels like I work for the same place now. I just do it from home right now. Yeah. But I, I honestly, like, if I had the choice, I'd go back to the office. Like, when we're all vaccinated and everything like that, and the time comes to go back, like, I miss seeing people in person. Would you, you go know? back full time? Or is that something where you're going to try to go for a full in part? I think I'd be fine going back full time because I honestly kind of always preferred having my home life separate from my work life like it's kind of weird how my i don't know what you'd call this room that i'm in our computer room storage room become an office like usually and when i get up when i'm done work for the day i don't want to be in this room anymore i'm like i gotta get out of here like you know so i i i kind of prefer i've, I've always preferred being at it. like that's just me i think some people probably like it really depends on the person right like it is good for when you have to concentrate. Like there can be times in your office where people are being loud or something yeah. like that. And, and there's distractions and you're like, Oh, I just need to get this done. You know? Uh, but I kind of miss being able to, I, I, I think, you know, there were so many times with my boss where when we were discussing video ideas, like idea generation and being able to like, we, we have to react so quickly a lot of the times at our job. Like I remember during, there'd be times during like uh, the refinery lockout where, one the one reporter who does a lot of labor reporting for us was like hey alex running down to the line my boss would just i would spin around my chair and be like hey he's heading down to the line there's some new development like should i go with him for video yeah go like hop in the car with him you know like i miss that right like like that's the part of the fun thing with journalism is getting to leave the office and go to interesting things like you know getting to getting to be there for interesting things you know yeah. like I, I i really do miss that i miss you don't really get a lot of as much event journalism anymore because nobody can hold any events you know like I, I can't imagine the day the amount of coverage we're going to pour into the first rough rider game after the <laughs> pandemic like interviewing all the that's going to be an all hands on deck it's going to be a week like, long event oh god probably like just interviewing all the people going back into the stands and everything like that like it's and it's getting to the point where that is more and more by the week you see those vaccine numbers going up palpable to talk about like mm -hmm. or to think about like hey this might actually happen like, and everyone's getting you know, excited to do it and it's 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 good timing yeah we've been uh, we've been doing pretty well with uh with what we like i we got stuck in the arm uh this weekend so we're happy to finally get that and uh my nephew's even going right away like my 16 year old nephew so that like was a huge jump they're just opening everything up we got you know come come get your vaccines and <laughs> yeah no it feels like 
I think it was easier to feel. I remember. I still remember going. I still remember Googling at some point last year. When will the vaccines be out? And and getting articles where it's like, I don't know, like maybe sometime next year. We well, don't know. So my birthday is. Oh, it's like I've got it. You know. My my birthday's in March, and uh, I went to go uh, pick up some stuff for my pharmacist. He knows me. Uh, good guy, actually. Thinking about having him on the show. Um, and uh, he, he's uh, I'm talking like, oh, yeah, no, how long do you think this is going to last where they just started locking things down right before my birthday? Um, oh, yeah. And I'm like, oh, well, how long is this going to go? Like, you know, a, a couple of months. And he like looks over at the other pharmacist and looks back at me. He's like, no, buddy, this is like a year out at least. And it was. <laughs> and and it really is just a miracle at, of modern science that a year after a brand new virus comes out that human history has never seen i have a vaccine in my body now like it's wild to think about you well, know well there's there's like, so many choices for vaccines too well choices you know in, in that there are multiple um yeah like well, go get what you get just, you know, no you're right though there aren't what there isn't even just one vaccine there's mm -hmm. there's several vaccines out like it, it's it's amazing and it, and it feels i think it's easier to feel a lot more positive these days than like the drudges of like some of 2020 when you would just be like there's no end in sight where now we have like a light at the end of the tunnel, right? Mm -hmm. You're actually seeing, you're seeing results happen now. Right. Or, you know, like, and I, we're a little ways off still, like, you know, you gotta be careful right now because we're not totally done yet, but like, yeah. it's, it's weird how fast it's coming together. Like you look at the schedule they're putting out and it's like, huh, I can go get my second dose in like June and then I'm done. Like, like I've thought about making plans to go see my family and like this fall, like that's bonkers that I'm potentially being able to, do that right uh, yeah it's it's great like I'm, I'm glad things are opening up and um it's uh despite a little bit of resistance uh, which we'll not speak of right now because i don't want to <laughs> get into that whole rigmarole but um I, I i'm happy the way things are going i think my 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 personal pet theory is that you know how they had the, the 1920s were the roaring 20s like i think once we're past covid it's going to be another roaring 20s you think like so people are going to be i think i think people are going to be so pent up for events and concerts and and conventions like gaming conventions or packs and stuff like that like i don't i think 2021 is probably not 2021 probably won't be the year like e3 is not even going to be like in person this year but like 2022 i think this is just me armchair analysis but i think we'll probably have more events and then finally people will be like we've already seen like my wife has told me like at the one bar near where she works people are just cramming that patio i mean hopefully mm. like spaced out but like yeah. i think there's a big appetite to go back to normal for people and once all the vaccines are out there like i think like you just think of how long it's been since people have been able to travel even like it's probably going to be hard to get plane tickets they're not used like, to being once... like vampires like us where we just like abhor the sun and stay inside playing games all day <laughs> no and i think i've been able to de my wife and i kind of describe ourselves as, as indoor cats like i think i've been able to weather this a lot better than some people like people that i know who are travel junkies and party animals like it's been killer for them mm -hmm. but for me it's like all right i'm gonna stay home and play video games and yeah. read i was gonna do that anyway like, <laughs> I, can, I can i can handle it i'll go for a walk to get my my share of sunlight and then i'm gonna go back gonna go back into my room you know like yeah. so if you're an introvert i think the pandemic's been a little easier to handle yeah yeah um before i let you go i did want to talk to you about like i i, I really enjoy your twitter um and it's not just your twitter uh a, a lot somebody of, enjoys it at least <laughs> well and well we'll get to that point in a little bit but like i always find um journalists and people in media um and how they interact with their twitter 
very um very interesting and uh like obviously you have to kind of hold back some punches because it is uh you're a public figure but um i know that especially in journalism you want to try to be as honest and forefront as possible so um like i'd like you to tell me just a little bit about like what your thought process is when you're crafting a tweet or when you're ready to engage on social with anyone who you're responding to well, I, I guess it depends. I mean, for one, I have two Twitter accounts. Like, I have a work one and, and, and a personal one because my personal one is mainly just filled. Like, it's a lot of observations about life or whatever, but I also just tweet a lot about, like, video games and movies and books that I'm reading. And the audience for news is a total different audience. There are some people who follow both of them that I know, but, you know, like, you definitely have to be careful with what you say when you're a journalist. Like, on my personal one, I won't really give any opinions on what i think of scott mo or justin trudeau or or, or whatever like I, what I, do you think of scott mo or justin like trudeau that. no i'm just kidding I, I, i'm not gonna say <laughs> no comment which is weird which is ironic coming for me like but uh yeah like I, I i mean i try to always be i think everybody should probably be response tweet responsibly like you never know like what might come back to bite you but journalists i think have to be a little bit more careful so it's kind of just second nature to me already that I won't com that I won't comment on politics, uh, but I can let loose with like I think this new video game is crap. You know, like my boss isn't going to come to me and be like, "Oh, you got to take that down" or something like that. You know, um, you know. And then the journalism one, you might get people trying to be combative with you sometimes, or really disagreeing with you, or someone who's hostile towards media. And I just don't respond to those because there's nothing to be had with like if someone has a question or something like that, I'll, 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 I try to always reply to people on Twitter, like no matter what, like I feel like if someone tweets something at me, I should probably reply to them unless it's like, like I think an anti-vaxxer tweeted something at me a while ago uh, and I just didn't respond. I was like, I'm not like, the, I think the thing is being taking, I think the best way I think someone at CBC put it to me one time was taking the higher road, like don't sink to someone's level if they're just trying to troll you or something like that. So yeah, that's yeah, kind of how I, I can't I speak it. from experience, but I I feel like you would be a prime target uh, of someone who like they would just want to be like, yeah, I, I got to get this guy going so then I could come back at him and um, go in for blood after I, I kind of smell it. Um, do you think that's probably what they're doing is they're trying to just get you going? I don't know what goes on with people who do that as a pastime. Like, I guess, like, I should clarify that as, like, you know, a white cis man, the amount of hate I get on the internet is barely anything compared to, like, a lot of female journalists I know. The amount of crap they have oh, to God. deal with yeah. is just terrible, right? Whereas, like, I can probably count on my hand, like, the amount of time someone's been mean to me on my work Twitter account because of something I tweeted. Like, we're, like I really don't get that much abuse, but I also, like there's some privilege that comes with that for just being who I am. Right. Like, yeah. so I'm totally cognizant of that, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I mean, definitely people who are a little more out there, like say Murray Mandrick or Rob Vanstone, the two columnists we employ have people try to get under their skin a lot more, mm -hmm. probably more than I do, but that's just, it, it is what it is. That's the internet. There's going to be people who make anonymous accounts and try to, and I, and I, and I, I one rule I do have is, I will block the odd person if they're just being a jerk on my personal one. I don't think I've ever blocked anyone on my work one. Even if they're mean to me, I'll let them because it's a work account, right? Yeah. Like, uh, and I want them to, even if they say something mean to me, I still want them to see the information I'm putting out. Yeah. 
Like, even if they don't like me, I'd like them to be informed. <laughs> so I, I, as a rule, I don't, unless they'd have to be, I haven't had to do it yet. They'd have to be pretty bad for me to block them on my work one, but I don't block anybody on my work one. I had to do it pretty rarely on my, on my personal one. There's been the odd time where I've blocked someone because I'm just like, ah, I don't want, it, it's weird. Like sometimes I find it's always funny when like, I'll tweet something about video games and someone I don't know must be just searching that term and they'll be like you're wrong like this is why you're wrong you <laughs> well, suck and i'm just like you don't just, even know me that's just the, the video game culture right as they're just ready to hop on anything you know talk about people like, who do even, that as a hobby those people i block because i'm just like it's some dude with an anime profile and he's just got some <laughs> weird username and i'm just like i don't even know who you i don't even know who you are yeah like, I'm, I'm much less hesitant to ever block someone if they're from regina yeah like I'm like, ah, you know, you're a human being. It's the right? same but with, with some... my LinkedIn, you know, stuff. If if there's anyone I don't recognize them personally or like working with them from anything or they're from a different country, I'm like, yeah, no, that's <laughs> you're yeah, not in my I've, circle. I've blocked hostile people before who have gotten mad at me about video game opinions, and I'm just like, I don't have time for you. Like I don't care. Well, uh, no, I I, I I encourage anyone uh, listening or watching to uh, to follow Mark and uh, check out stuff that he's doing at the Leader Post. Um, but kind of before I let you go, do you want to plug anything? You want to talk about anything exciting that you got going on? This is this is all of you right now, man. Well, like because I'm kind of behind the scenes, maybe I'll. All, I mean, you can follow me on my personal Twitter. You think you've got it on your screen, but for maybe people who are listening, it's it's Melnichuk86. And my name is spelled M-E-L-N-Y-C-H-U-K. Uh, you can always just Google my name, too. and it'll I'll, I'll put it up. in the description um, of everywhere. I'm yeah, and, and then M. Melnichuk LP is my work one. Uh, I'm looking forward to covering Matt Fiorante and Halo when Halo Esports gets started again, whenever Halo Infinite finally comes out. Uh, so, like, I'm sure I'll, I'll be covering that. Like, I'm looking forward to writing the article on him. He's had a very long off-season, I guess. Um, but I'm not doing, I'm not putting out a ton of content right now. So, I mean, you know, just follow, people can follow the leader post on Facebook and Twitter. And we have two podcasts. We, well, rough, right? The Rider Rumblings podcast, we're not putting out as much anymore just because the CFL is not playing right now. So that one's a little more periodic. But the uh, the Inside the Marble Palace podcast that we put out with Murray Mandrick, Arthur White Crummy, and various journalistic uh, guests is is out there. On uh, It's not on all the podcast platforms yet because we're doing a bunch of internal tech changes. That, so it's not on like all the regular podcast platforms, but it is on YouTube right now. So, you know, people could check that out. Uh, but yeah, like I don't have a ton of because of I'm I'm managing more right now. I'm I'm getting back to writing. I'll be getting back to writing in August. So I'm looking forward to covering like the tech scene again and uh and any kind of nerd culture stuff that comes up, I'll I won't turn down the opportunity to cover and then hopefully uh Maybe if we have like geek conventions again, I really hope those come back after the pandemic. Well, if if they come oh, yeah. back, like I'll I'll see you there, man, for sure. <laughs> yeah, because be I, I I'm I'm happy to go out, and it, it'll be good to actually go grab a beer and and lunch sometime. And uh, but this is nice you're able to actually uh, take time out. Uh, this is even after hours too of uh, sitting down and chatting with me. So just again, man, thanks. We we appreciate you coming on and letting us know what's going down. Thank you.